What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It's February 21st, 2023. I'm Trey Crowder. That's Mark Ige. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? Happy President's Day, bud. How'd you celebrate? Did you leave uh, some top secret documents out for President Claus? Uh, yeah, you know, had numerous extramarital affairs and, uh, you know, overthrew, overthrew a, comp- a country in Central America. Yeah. <laughs> all uh, hits. Yeah, I don't What the hell are you supposed to just be off work, I guess, is what you're supposed to do on President's Day? If you got the, it's just like, here's yeah. a day off because we have presidents. I mean, you know, so, it's fine with me. It, it's a chance to learn trivia, at least, which I learned a fun fact yesterday. I guess you already knew it, but President mm-hmm. John Tyler, who was America's 10th president, who was born under George Washington and owned slaves, still has a living grandson. Yeah. Um, so Crazy. whenever people tell you like slavery was a long time ago, be like, well, this guy sat on the, on the on the knee of a slave owner. And by the way, he still lives their family estate, which is still called a plantation. So there you yeah. go. Shout out More things change, am I right? But yeah, they uh, John Tyler's grandson, he used to have two living grandsons. I guess one of them finally kicked it. But they're, uh, mm-hmm. so it's one of those deals where, like, like you said, he was president in like, the 1840s or something like that. John Tyler was, I think 1840s, 1850s, a long ass time ago. And mm-hmm. he had a kid when he was old as shit. And then that mm-hmm. dude had a had kids when he was old as shit. And one of those mm-hmm. kids is still alive with a papaw from the antebellum era. So pretty, yeah. uh, pretty crazy. Tyler, Tyler apparently said politically he was opposed to slavery while still owning people. So, uh, yeah, yeah. politicians always be the same. Uh, Also, in other presidential news, Jimmy Carter uh, has entered hospice. So he's, uh, you know, getting to die probably the best way, which is surrounded by loved ones, shot up with all the drugs you can find. So good for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Where are you at on uh, Jimmy? I I talked about Jimmy Carter on my Patreon this week because it was President's Day and because of that. And so like the cliche about Jimmy Carter is, you know, not a great president, but a great man or not a great president, but maybe the greatest ex-president we've ever had. And those types of sentiments. Is that you agree with yeah, that? That's fair. I just think I think the, the actual record for Carter's presidency is misremembered because people have yeah. sort of adopted Reagan's criticisms of him as right. the takeaway. Right. Like he was some like he, he wasn't popular because he was some huge left winger who was like way too progressive. That's not true i mean it's like like my presence is a mixed bag and i'll have a lot more to say about it after he passes I, like i just okay right you know right, we got uh, I, I had a bunch of stuff prepped for the show you can see i struck through in the lineup but it, but I, I thought we have we have a lot of show today so i thought yeah. we'll save it for the rip stuff because i think it's important to talk about people's actual legacies because like how do you learn from stuff if you don't if you, it's not that it's not that i want to speak out of the dead and, and spit on someone's grave but like you don't if you don't do honest appraisals of the history how do you learn from it to do better. Yeah. That's a, forward. you know, novel, <laughs> novel and threatening concept right there, Mark. You better watch right. it. You're sounding a little yeah. uh, critical race theory over there. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. What, what was our president up to on president? He, he was over in Ukraine. He snuck into Ukraine in a train out of a uh, Germany or Poland. I think is the first president to not have us military <laughs> covering a war zone, but I guess they told Russia Biden was going in case they're planning on nuking it. So they know they probably ought not do that at that particular date. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I guess this speech is a real success and I guess it makes sense why it hasn't been to East Palestine yet. Cause they obviously this has been planned for a while and it had to be secretive about it. Um, but, uh, maybe he should have gone to East Palestine cause Trump did. And they're already like, whenever you leave a vacuum, the, the assholes in our country flood it with bullshit. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so Trump, Trump went there. He went to, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, he gave a long rambling speech about how East Palestine wouldn't happen if he was president for some reason. Also, he could end the right. war in Ukraine in a single day. And he also announced a plan when he's president again to have the Department of Justice take over school discipline. So now the federal government, this, this part of the small <laughs> government is going to have FBI agents spanking yeah. their kid for uh, you know running in the halls or whatever. Oh, um, so speaking of uh, East Palestine, we did uh, you know the whole episode on it last week, and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit in the Patreon, a little bit of an update. Um, Mike De- Mike DeWine, the governor of Ohio and the CEO of uh, of uh, Norfolk Southern, went to East Palestine today and did a big thing where they drank the tap water. So yeah, mm-hmm. good for them for that, I guess. <laughs> but I'm sure someone tested it for them first. I don't, yeah, I wasn't was there? Doing. Well, I can't remember which, you know, environmental disaster it was, but there was like a famous moment right in the past few years where like it was with fracking or something. And the CEO was at a town hall meeting and they like somebody gave them like poured him a glass of water and he like famously refused to drink it. And which was obviously a huge like PR nightmare. Uh, I don't remember the specifics of it, but I feel like, you know, you kind of got to drink the water in this scenario. But also I read that the water they drink in their town is from like super deep underground and like a big steel reservoir or whatever. So mm. like the shit that's slowly seeping into the ground and fucking killing and poison everything there, it ain't made it yet. And then we'll have to permeate the steel first. So they're probably fine. You know, not, yeah. not the fishies though, or anybody with well water or so many or other lungs. things. Yeah. Lungs. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. And also like it, Drinking it once might not be the big problem, but drinking it every day for like 50 years, you know, is a totally yeah. different thing. So like Mike DeWine, drink the water from East Palestine every day for 50 years challenge. Um, uh, there's another train derailment today, by the way, in Nebraska. A dozen cars dumped a bunch of coal. Um, it's, it's, I wanna, okay. Is this like the spy balloon thing? Is it like what? Some like, has this just been happening, but people, they weren't like newsworthy or whatever. It, and But now that, that that one happened, they're being reported or what? Because there's been a, a seemingly alarming, alarmingly large number of train derailments recently, but maybe that's yeah. just the status quo. Maybe they just stay derailing. I don't know. Yeah, trains do. Pete Buttigieg made it. Pete Buttigieg went on TV and said made that point that train derailments happen all the time. But like, and I also saw someone be like, I feel like people like me or like are, are like somehow being you know unfair because train. Like we took. I threw out the stat last week about how many more train derailments America has relative to other yeah. countries. And but he, they're saying, well, train derailments in America are down actually. It like had been going down for years and years and years. I'm like, so like. So what the people in East Palestine should suck it up and die because <laughs> Yeah. We're working <laughs> because, on it. The stats yeah. are getting better, you know. I'm sure I'm sure it makes them feel better, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I'm sorry your kid your kid might get cancer, but look at this graph. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. And it's also like, you know, listen, calm down. Trains derail all the time. And it's like that don't really make me feel any better about it. Like, you know, just now like knowing that doesn't really change anything or or change the fact that they probably or not. And maybe we should be doing shit to prevent them from doing so, you know, in the future. But what do I know? I'm not a train guy. It doesn't change the fact that the derailment would have been a lot less bad if they had invested in better brakes. It doesn't change the fact that it's crooked as shit. This train carrying hazardous materials didn't have to abide by the hazardous material regulations because they made the train so goddamn long and clumsy that the relative the hazardous cargo was a relatively small amount of its cargo. It, none of that stuff 
fucking makes it has anything to do with the fact that trail derailments are going down like it's still a fucked up situation and you can eat people can eat shit if they want to tell me it's not a big deal because of some chart okay so but i'm thinking about the current state of federal regulation and i came across these two stories that are from uh last november december here's the Mm -hmm. first one from december no co-pilot airlines lobby for change of regulations i remember this yeah, I, I quite- fly a lot, and so yeah. this one uh, stood out to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, they want they want to go down to they want to lobby the federal government. Let them only have one pilot per plane because they say well autopilot's gotten real good, and also they can't they have sta- they have staffing problems because they don't want to pay to train new pilots, and and, and their the two main pipelines we talked about this before are hobby pilots who have flown enough hours to qualify for the uh, to, to fly commercial airliners. So unless you're wealthy and have your own plane, you're not in that pipeline. Or number two, military veterans. And since we're using a lot of drones now, uh, there are less of those to hire once after they retire. So their solution to that problem, instead of paying to do their own training, is to let the federal government fly with one person. Which, keep that in mind, this story happened about a week or two before this story about their lobbying. Pilot dials were taking, oh, plane takes off from Chicago and his co-pilot successfully landed the plane because it was lucky they fucking had two. And this right. is not the first, yeah. What, what is supposed to happen if like, if they go down to one pilot per plane, they're like, oh, autopilot's great now, but can autopilot just do everything? And if it can, why do we even still have the goddamn pilots? I'm assuming it's got some limitations. And if it does, what happens when that one pilot has a massive heart attack or whatever? Because it's bound to happen eventually, as you said. It just happened two weeks before they started lobbying for this. What is supposed to take place in that what eventuality is, under their plan? Like just a crash? <laughs> the head yes. the head flight attendant will go in My, there and they'll fucking walk them through it. Like in that old 90s movie with, I think, Anne Hayes or whoever it was. Turbulence. Anyway, yeah. that's a deep pull. Anyway, go ahead. Or airplane. Um, yeah. So, okay. so, like, yeah. So, I think my read of this is they've crunched the numbers and they make more profit paying to deal with an occasional crash than they would by training new pilots. So, but it's not just, it's not just a heart attack scenario. This was from the first article. Um, oh, yeah. This happened in 2015. A co-pilot of a German wings flight locked the pilot out of the cockpit and deliberately crashed the plane, killed himself yep. and 149 other people. So it's not just physical problems, psychological problems. The other reason you want to have two pilots in the cockpit. Right. Yeah. I you mean, got, I remember uh, that. That was a huge mm-hmm. fucking thing. That was terrible. But, and they, yeah. they, they ended up, they made changes to the doors and shit, right? Like the cockpit doors where you can't, uh, because they used to could just like turn around and fucking, you know, flip the lock and now nobody can get yeah. in there, but I guess they can't do that anymore. But, uh, yeah, still, I don't want to be on a plane with only one pilot, uh, up mm-hmm. there, no matter what. And I'd be on a lot of planes. So, um, yeah, there's I'm also a miracle favorite. on the Hudson, uh, Sully Sullenberger gets all the credit, but he had a co-pilot by the name of Jeffrey Skiles who he needed to do that landing to, uh, Sullenberger just had to rank. Um, there were 57 people would have died on that, uh, heart attack flight and 150 would have died on the, uh, Sully Sullenberger flight. And so they did the math and be like, yeah, we can afford that many settlements. So we only need one pilot. Yeah. Capitalism, baby. Oh, all hail. All right. Well, let's do it with us as always is producer Matt. This is weekly skews. Before we continue, I need to remind you all of a couple of things, three to be exact. Uh, first of all, if you'd like to see me live, go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out my upcoming dates. We're having a lot of fun with it. Thanks to everybody in Missouri this past weekend. Great shows. Should have a bunch more coming up soon. Booking them all the time. So go to TreyCrowder.com. 
come and see me. Number two, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, you can do so by signing up on Patreon. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. Um, we cover things we don't get to in the main show or shit that comes up in between. We answer questions. We do all kinds of fun stuff. So go to weeklyskews.com slash more. Or you can just go on Patreon and look me up and sign up on there, get some more SKUs in your life. And then the third and new item of business is that I, as well as Corey and Drew, the well-read guys, we all have specials, comedy specials available on Amazon now. Mine is called Damn Boy. They each have their own. You can buy them as a well-read package or you can get them individually either way. So go on Amazon and check that out. We would appreciate it. Okay. As for the show tonight, uh, you will be very shocked to learn that it turns out George Santos is not the only pathological liar among the ranks of incoming Republican Congress people. We got two more for you as we go through. Also, the uh, basement based conspiracy theorists of the world have identified a new and alarming threat to your liberty and livelihood convenience. That's right. The concept of urban efficiency must be stamped out at all costs, lest the communists win. I know that doesn't make any sense. I can't promise that it will later, but we'll do our best. And nope. so we got all that and more for you on the skews tonight. But first, of course, we begin with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight, CD, people at Harvard Law School for being shocked to learn the question, is Donald Trump a criminal? isn't a calculus problem. Let's see here. This is from the Georgia case with Trump. And the Sir, we have breaking news from the Associated Press and the New York Times. The four women in the special grand jury investigating Donald Trump's potential election interference in 2020 has given an on-the-record interview to both news organizations, telling the Times the jury recommended multiple indictments it's not a short list, she's quoted as saying. Asked whether Donald Trump was one of them, she responded, you're not going to be shocked. It's not rocket science. And adding, you won't be too surprised. Though this, this yeah. woman is for me. She's yeah. like, amazing. Like, what regular- you like uh, just Donald Trump a criminal? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't you know regular- have been paying attention lately or not, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's like if you ask a regular person, is the sky blue? And they go, yes. And you ask the scientists, they go, well, actually, it's light reflected. And you're the only thing right. you're not. It's like, shut the fuck up. I know what I'm looking at. And it's amazing you ask a regular person, they got a grand jury of regular people to look at the shit Trump did. And this woman, <laughs> this woman apparently seems really frustrated with the national discourse around this by people who are way overeducated. And so she, she says it's not a short list of the people being charged. She also, the jury appended eight pages of legal code that we cited at various points. The jury did their own legal research to point to these lawyers. Like, look at these fucking crimes they did. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Just like, this like everybody, everybody who didn't go to Harvard or Yale is like, will you people just do the fucking obvious thing that is your job? And everyone's like, right. Well, actually, technically, it's like, shut the fuck up. Just do something. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it is very frustrating in that way, but it's also like, I mean, you know, we've said it a million times on here every time it comes up. Like, I just never have expected that to happen anyway. Like, you know, actual legal consequences just because of like, that's that's America and that's, and he is who he is and that's how things work. Uh, but it's still, I mean, you're right. It's still like from any like regular person's perspective, it's like, what the fuck is every now and then a new headline will come out kind of like this one, you know, where it's like alluding to these, you know, 
uh, legal ramifications that are cooking or like shocking new developments or whatever. And every single time it's like, okay, well, so is something going to happen now? Like, or, or is this, or, you know, it'll just be a couple more weeks and then there'll be another headline like this. And you know, or will something ever actually happen? I think this woman spent seven months in this grand jury. So she knows how these people are and she knows how the lunatics can respond to this. So she outed herself, put her name on it, made herself the subject of death threats to come forward and be like, well, somebody please hold someone right. accountable. And you, I, I'm like, here, I still don't like, even if Trump got charged, the space between him being charged and any suffering as sort a of consequence is, is vast. Right. Right. So I still don't think anything actually happened, but it's like, this is this is all extremely frustrating. I just want to talk about it from that lens because it's like it, it. Yeah, man, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go to law school, but I, but I saw I saw a guy mug an old lady. Right. Pretty sure that was a crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And he yeah. Goes, well, it's uh, maybe. Well, if you think about space time continuum, maybe she mugged him. Okay. Well. Okay. Shut the fuck up. All right. Our first honorable mention for Daily Dumbass is anybody who thought the right couldn't make their own version of Hamilton. This is uh, from Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe, who apparently is a big theater guy. He spent the company, the he spent Veritas's money putting this uh, project together. So I hope you all enjoy it. Go ahead, Matt. I just can't believe that my face is on TV. I James O'Keefe is suing Twitter for defamation. So you get it. There's a there's uh, quite a bit more though. <laughs> oh, this, he's made a ton of these. So I want to talk about this guy because his journey is important. He's been a tremendously successful right-wing propagandist and also, uh, you know, uh, criminal. But we'll go to talk about the uh, success for it first. So if you remember the, uh, the controversy, success conspiracy theory at the beginning of Obama's presidency about ACORN, which I is, you do, know, the, I remember it being a thing. I knew that, I remember Veritas like blowing it all up and all that, but I don't, I don't remember the specifics though. Of what, it was like eco-terrorism, yeah. right? Was like the accusation or whatever, or whatever. No. Something like that. The, this one was he went he he went undercover into an acorn office to talk to some organizers and pretended if you look at the edited version of the video he's pretending to be a pimp and he's asking them for legal advice on how to manipulate his hose or whatever all right that's not at all what happened it doesn't matter the video video went viral the obama administration completely cowardly backed down congress cut off funding for it and this was these this group was very successful at registering people to vote among connecting them with other resources. Now think about how much different the last, you know, I don't know, uh, 15 years would look if we still had the, our country's more, most successful uh, political voter registration <laughs> organization. Uh, anyway, by the time anybody got around looking at looking into the actual factual claims in it, they were all wrong. Like they were all off. Nobody pressed any charges. They were they weren't just they weren't just not indicted. They were cleared. The General Accounting Office. And law enforcement, both California and the Fed, say nope, they didn't do anything wrong. Doesn't matter; they're out of business. That's one of those right? things, man. It's like you know, can't get that genie back in the bottle. Like the right. it, the narrative got set or whatever, and the decision was made basically, and then they were fucked. And then it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of exoneration after the fact. Because uh, I mean, I think I'd heard because of Veritas and what they do and all that shit. I feel like I'd heard at some point that a lot of it was bullshit. But again, it didn't. It doesn't matter. Like the damage mm-hmm. was done. So. 
Right. What are you going to do? Right. Um, and so he uh, he's done a bunch of other shit, too. Like he's paid. He did jail time for trying to bug a Democratic politician's office. Um, he's also in, in legal hot water right now because uh, I don't know if you, it's lesser than the Hunter Biden scandal. But also uh, uh, Ashley Biden, Joe, Joe, uh, Joe's daughter, her diary got stolen and plastered all over the Internet. And uh, two guys in Florida pleaded guilty to stealing it. The case against Keith is about whether he ordered it or just accepted it after the fact. The, the government's theory of the case is that he paid them to do it, which is a big no-no. Now, journalists can uh, print stolen materials after, if they're not involved in the, you know, in the actual theft. That's the First Amendment. That's how we're allowed to print the Pentagon Papers, right? So, um, did, anyway, none of that's the reason they fired him. <laughs> they fired him for shit like that music video. Um, he he spent money on dumb shit like that dance video, which he made several. He uh, he filmed a production of Oklahoma. He uh, did an, a music video where he danced a thriller. It doesn't even have political content. So the Project Veritas paid for like all this shit and uh, all this stuff. Like he spent um, fourteen thousand dollars on a charter flight to meet someone to fix his boat uh, and pretend he was meeting <laughs> with a donor. He spent sixty thousand dollars on dance parties, one hundred fifty thousand dollars on car services. And he bought personal DJ equipment with the with the company's money, uh, the organization's money, and all this was chasing donors away. That's why they got he got. Fired. Yeah, well, I was gonna ask like where you know they get their money, and it's from like is it from regular people, regular you know lunatic people, or is it from like big private benefactors like Coke yeah. brother type shit that fund them? Yeah, and mm-hmm. so those people find out he's you know blowing a hundred fifty grand on a DJ and a limo and stuff, and so then that is what makes the difference yeah he also yeah he uh he's like you you're supposed to be using your the, the your power of your propaganda to turn children and middle-aged people into uh, adult psychos who get mad about uh, tr- uh drag queens but instead what he did was he used twenty five thousand dollars to fly his employees to attend a performance of oklahoma he did at a theater in in virginia so yeah. he just like i imagine nobody else would be there if he didn't make his employees show up so instead he paid he paid to pay twenty five thousand dollars to have people he was also show. a bit of a meanie right kind of a jerk this guy yeah great boss i heard yeah he would apparently spit in his employees faces over tweets um <laughs> he would threaten them he get, he made them uh, undergo lie detectors and he stole a pregnant woman's sandwich um <laughs> here's the thing about stealing the pregnant woman's sandwich <laughs> is uh. that's not even the stupidest part of it because he was being sued by some democratic organization who he'd done some chicanery to and he he was hungry in the middle of the trial and he yelled at one of his employees about the fact he was hungry and then he stole the the pregnant woman's sandwich in front of the jury who then, of course, <laughs> decided against his organization. <laughs> so oh my God! Hundreds of thousands of dollars by stealing. Uh, I mean, I'm sure he might have been found. They might have decided against him anyway. But I'm sure stealing a pretty woman's sandwich in front of a jury doesn't fucking help. Uh, so it's yeah, it's so wild that our society is like set up to reward people that are this maniacally shitty. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like this dude, it just seems like how do you not know any better than to than to act that way? But I mean he's been validated for the most part along the way up until recently, you know, like, I mean, found Mm -hmm. great success in the propaganda game by being a lunatic asshole. So he'll rise again. And it's also like the the, the people that are fans of him are saying he was the, he was a globalist deep state that outed him at project Veritas. And that like, I guess the Koch brothers have gone woke now because they don't want their money being spent on uh, performances of Oklahoma. (laughs) 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 It's just also fucking stupid. Our last honorable mention is uh, anyone who thought that medieval knights wouldn't stand up 
to tyrannical overlords. That's right. It's happening right now in our society. Medieval times is experiencing a labor strike. The knights, they said no. They said no. They threw down their lances and spears in disgust. And yeah. uh, it's thrown them for a loop. So this is happening in Southern California. They're protesting unsafe working conditions, unfair, unfair labor practices, I should say, and the fact they get paid $18 an hour. If you guys, I did a couple corporate events for medieval times in Dallas and I was still doing standup, uh, including like their their office Christmas party. So I know more about this than I should, but like it's a pretty thorough training process to become a knight at medieval times. Like you really do start off as a squire and learn yeah. how to do stage combat and shit and how to ride horses and stuff. So like, $18 an hour to live in Southern California is not a lot. So anyway, that's why they're on strike. Uh, and so they're using scab, using a bunch of different kinds of scab labor here. They fly, they flew in. Here's the fucked up part. They flew in knights from around, from other castles around the country and are putting them up and paying them, uh, uh, you know, uh, what do you call per diems and shit. Mm-hmm. When they could just give that money to these people and get them back to work. Right. 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 Um, but so one of the scabs, they tried off, they bumped up a squire or something to a job he wasn't ready for. But you recall from the story, there's a standard moment in medieval time in the medieval times show where the chancellor invites any knights to leave if they believe the danger of combat is too great. If any of you should lament this petition, it's dangerous. You are free now to retire in honor. It's a perfunctory overture that brave knights always decline. But in this case, the employees told uh, told Huffington Post the substitute knight took the chancellor's offer and fled the arena on his horse, never to return. <laughs> yeah, it's a really yes. funny moment if you think about it, because it's like every show they have there has this moment where they're giving the opportunity. If you if you feel your life is at too great a risk, you may leave and retain your honor or whatever. But like no one ever does that. They're all like, no, let's do this shit. But this guy, this bumped up squire or horse trainer or whatever he was, was like, fuck it. All right. And just bounced on a yeah. horse or just rode out. But they didn't know he was going to do that. So, you know, everybody was sitting there like. Well, wait, what do we, Gary left. Like, what do we do now? What, who's going to, we just do it without Gary or what? And, uh, and they did. You show, up, you show up to your job as a stable boy or whatever. And they're like, well, tonight you're the green knight. And he's like, well, wait, I don't, when they swing the sword at me, I don't know when right. to duck. And yeah. <laughs> I haven't been trained on this, but if Trey, can you imagine how freeing it is to say, fuck you, I quit and gallop away on a horse? Oh my yeah. God. And what an amazing moment. Yeah. That's gotta uh, be one of the hit, hardest hitting ways to quit a job for sure. Uh, on your fucking, you know, trusty steed. <laughs> There's also something deeply hilarious to me about like people who play knights and Queens are trying to overthrow a feudal system. It'd right. be like if there was an anti-race, anti-racist Confederate, Confederate civil war reenactor or some shit. I don't even know how to categorize this. Uh, but in other labor news, I wanted to talk about this real quick. Um, the warrior met strike in Alabama is ending because the employees have realized they're probably not going to win this way. And they've been on strike 23 months. Uh, what happened was because of spiking energy prices, the coal company had a huge windfall. So the strike didn't hurt them at all economically. So they had no power to negotiate. And so these guys said, okay, I guess we have to go back to work on the shitty old contract. So um, sad. You guys, they're still negotiating. They're just negotiating while they're working, but I'm sad they lost for the moment. Solidarity forever guys. I uh, hope you get them on the next one. Yeah. But yeah. Doing, early in COVID, they never shut down. They kept mining or whatever, which allowed them to mm-hmm. stockpile a shitload of coal. So then they had that in reserve when like the strike started and then also coal skyrocketed in price and they brought in a bunch of scabs and all this shit, made a whole bunch of money and it wasn't really having any effect. So mm-hmm. it's a bummer. Um, yeah, they got screwed over by the government. They got screwed over by the coal company. Um, it, it was a lot. It, they did a lot of things working against them. So, yeah. 
All Federal right. judge ruled they couldn't protest. The st- they couldn't they actually march for the strike. So yeah, yeah, that doesn't seem uh, that doesn't seem cool to me on behalf of that federal judge. But again, you know, I'm a law. I'm not a lawyer, so what the hell do I know? Mm-hmm. Let's get in. You know, who else isn't a lawyer. A lot of people, including some people in Congress. Uh, that was a terrible segue because I don't think she even even some who say they're lawyers apparently. But yeah, I know. I mean, well, that's I, yeah, 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 I, I was thinking that, and then I was like, but did what I'm saying was a lawyer anyway? Like I said up top, there's. Some new, hot new liars just dropped from the Republican Party. You've been hearing about George Santos. Of course, we all knew Herschel Walker. He got beat, and then there was George Santos. Now, there's uh, Anna Paulina Luna, who's come up on the show before, former Maxim model, flipped a district in Florida, a, a Republican congresswoman down there. And she's made a uh, an assortment of claims up along the campaign trail and in interviews. And it seems that they may be at the least somewhat dubious, Mark. So to begin with, she has often claimed that she grew up very poor and was isolated and shunned by her family and had no support. Yeah. Washington Post reporting says that Luna's relative said she was coddled by her uncle and cousins as a kid and always attended family gatherings. She had everything, what she needed and more. Uh, and service members, she served, she was in the air force and people she served with said they always got the impression she came from a well-off family claiming that she wore designer clothing and mentioned having nannies as a child. Yeah. So she's bullshitting one way or the other, right? Like yeah. she used to tell people like she used to tell people, Oh yeah, I remember my nannies when I was a kid or whatever. So either she was a rich kid or she was bullshitting then, or, you know, it's just bullshit all the way down. She also is right. often told, told a story about surviving a home invasion when she was stationed in Missouri during her time in the Air Force. Yeah, the uh, the Post talked to her roommate at the time and said there was a break-in, but no one was home. <laughs> right, and it was uh, during the day, right? Like she said it was right. the middle of the night, middle of the night, violent break-in. Thank God there was this guy there to protect her and all this stuff. But according to the roommate, their apartment was broken into in the middle of the day when nobody was home and they never right. encountered the person. Go ahead. Going back to the, the 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 first thing for a second about whether she grew up poor or not. Now, it's one. Of, it doesn't even one of those things where either one's true or the other one's true. She could have been middle class, and both of them are lies, right? right? So, like, but it seems to me that like you're in Air Force, you're around broke people, you pretend to be rich to be special, and you're in Congress around a bunch of rich people, you pretend you can't pull yourself up by your right. bootstraps to feel special. So it's just about she's just trying to be special. That seems pretty straightforward to me. All right. Sorry. I just want to say that. (laughs) That's all right. So she also has often talked about her father being incarcerated when she was growing up. Her father, the convict, the felon. No record of it. No record of it whatsoever. Doesn't exist. Her father, who apparently either abandoned her family or not, uh, didn't spend any time in jail, as far as anyone can tell. And jails keep records, Trey. It's one thing the government's very good at is keeping a list of people who do crimes. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Also, she is of Mexican heritage and has always been very open and proud of that fact. Uh, well, this one's complicated. And of course, it's not for me to judge her identity or how she wants to go, but she has presented herself. Uh, she's changed her surname a few times. She used to go by Anna Paulina Meyerhofer. And I guess like this makes sense. I'll, I'll be generous here. Um, she got divorced. And so she changed her name back to her mother's maiden name or whatever. So that's fine. I, I don't want to judge her for that. But she also told people when she was in the Air Force that she um, was uh, – I'll skip down to the next one because she, she told friends in Air Force she also named from calling herself Middle Eastern, Eastern European, and Jewish. So, yeah, right. she is who, she's whoever she's talking. This seems feels very Santosy to me. Yeah, um, she was right. She said her uh- – her dad was a Jew or, Jew or part Jew or something, and she was raised as a 
messianic she's, Jew. Um, yes. She has claimed. She claimed that her father was a messianic Jew, which basically means a Jew for Jesus. So, like, um, it's not. Anyways, I'm not Jewish. It's not people to get in that fight. But uh, mainline, mainline Jewish people would obviously say that. Well, if you believe Jesus is the Messiah, then <laughs> yeah, kinda, I didn't know kinda, that. Was you kind of opted. I didn't know what that meant. Opted, or yeah, yeah. That, that existed, but okay. Yeah. Jews for Jesus. So, All right. Yeah. So here's the punchline to that. Uh, it turns out her father was a grandfather was involved in the Holocaust. He was in the Nazi army. Uh, there you go. There's her uh, paternal grandfather, uh, Henrik Meyerhofer, who's again, whose name he was going, uh, whose name she was going by until fairly recently, uh, in a Nazi uniform in the 40s. Now, to be, they had a draft. <laughs> it doesn't mean he wanted to be fighting in the Nazi army, but also, like, I like to think of both of those to be like, nah, I'm not fighting for the Nazi army and take whatever happens next. But you know, uh, who knows? But anyway, so yeah, she's a line. I, I feel comfortable saying she's a line sack of shit. Um, none of hers appear to involve crime, so she's not gonna be in trouble like Santos. Um, but this next guy walked right up to the edge of being a criminal, and his name's Andy Ogles, and he's mm-hmm. a congressman from Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, baby. Yep, that's right. Uh, always, my, always putting her best hat. foot forward from the volunteer yeah. state. Well, my Tennessee hat in honor in honor him for today's show. So here's the type of shit he spent his entire campaign saying. You're going to play this video now. If you believe Middle Tennessee's newest congressman, he's not only a businessman, he's also a mist, a trained law enforcement officer, even an expert in international sex crimes. But an exclusive News Channel 5 investigation discovered Andy Ogle's life story may not be nearly as dramatic as he sometimes makes no, it No, you cut it, man. All right. So how, what, what percentage of that stuff they just claimed do you think is true, Trey, if you had to guess? Well, I mean, I feel like given the context, what we're talking about here, a pretty low percentage. Uh, I'm Zero. None of those yeah. things are true. None of those things are true. Uh, he, he's claimed to be an economist, although uh, any look at his college records show that he he's, his ma- major wasn't in economics. And also he's sort of like he's fuzzy about what college he went to because his actual bachelor's degree is from one school. He doesn't list that. Include, instead, he claims uh, degrees from a more prestigious school, which he just took extension classes at, which if anybody, you know, anybody's a business person, they take like, you know, classes for the resume. There's essentially like a pay, like a one of the, like a for-profit type of type situation. Um, but so, uh, anyway, if you, the actual facts are, uh, he claimed he had studied foreign policy in the constitution in Western Kentucky and middle Tennessee state, but there's no mention of economics. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he also claimed to be a cop. He said, it's it, watch this video of him saying it many, many times, Matt, if you have that ready. Oh, yeah, like Matt, he, he claimed yeah. to, yeah, he claims like Vanderbilt and Dartmouth. But like you said, he just took like a couple like whatever online courses or right. something there and graduated like, from MITSU, MTSU, which I, MTSU hits for well, me. I got no problem with it. But yeah, he graduated from there. His diploma looks like it was from, he was 36 years old or something, they said in the yeah. news report. Like, so it's all just very muddied and confusing. Yeah, it turns out there's nobody who keeps an actual life history, which is, I mean, I'm not saying we should establish government databases to, to check fact check people's resumes, but like it's, it's weird you can, what you can get away with if you're just determined to do it. Before, like this this sort of thing happened recently, like Chris, you know, remember we've talked about Chris Rufo before, right? He's the guy that came up with the, with the critical race theory panic, and he's like a political advisor for DeSantis now. Yeah. Um, he's been telling people he went to Harvard, and someone actually looked into it, and he went to Harvard Extension School, which is basically one of those, it's, it's not... Literally, their guidelines say, if you go to Harvard Extension, please do not say you went to Harvard. <laughs> it's not the same <laughs> thing. Anyway, you can hit play on this, Matt. 
Uh, and then I went into uh, international sex crimes, which, which is obviously human trafficking. You know, my midlife crisis, I went into law enforcement, specifically, I, uh, yeah, right? But uh, I worked in human trafficking. So I did work in the anti-trafficking, the human trafficking space, uh, and have a great deal of experience there as well. Well, you know, uh, part of my career, I worked in human trafficking. Uh, and then I went... All right. So... Uh, here's the butt here. Uh, he was sworn in as a volunteer reserve deputy with the Williamson County Sheriff's Office in 2009, a position he lost two years later for not meeting minimum standards, making no progress in field training and failure to attend meetings. He got fired as a volunteer cop, Trey. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know you could, that could happen. <clears throat> yeah. There's, there's also no record of work that anything involved with sex trafficking, which, of course, why would you have a vol- volunteer deputies do stuff like weekend night traffic enforcement like i had a buddy who right. was a reserve cop and like like he did it he was he was a he was a professional officer for a while and then he did volunteer reserve officer stuff to keep a certification for a couple of years after his after he quit the job just in case he wanted to go back to it but no it's like it's not like it's like you're certified yeah. but they're not giving you the important shit to do no um as far as as far as you can make and tell, but what he means by that, he did some work for a, for a, a nonprofit called Abolition International. But what he claims he did is not nearly as interesting as the stuff he's saying they do. Um, they and they paid him a grand total of four thousand dollars, which do, which he was claiming to be the COO, the chief operating officer. So I doubt right. he was the chief operating officer. For and that company, that nonprofit, it was founded by a gospel singer. It's real Jesusy, mm-hmm. and what it seems like what they actually do is they they give money to holistic ministries in places mm-hmm. where human trafficking has taken place. Right. So it helps like the right. victims or something, I guess through like churches, basically nothing wrong with yeah. any of that, but it's not, he's not out here fucking, you know, doing his uh, international law and order SVU thing or being deployed to fucking Epstein Island to shut the whole thing down no. or nothing like that uh, at all. No, no. I just like I, these people like, I was thinking about the other day is like up until very recently in human history, you could like abandon your family, move 11 miles away, start a new family and just tell people you're a dentist and open a shop. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These people aren't innovators. They're fucking throwbacks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just common uh, shit. It's not surprising. There's common men and common women in Congress, you know, yeah. right there in the name, but uh, it is I, right. It's harder to get away with it. Now we know more about it, which is a good thing. I think I do love that. Every, all of these motherfuckers now have to work in sex trafficking as a little hat tip to QAnon. Cause they, right. I, it scares yeah. me. They all feel the need to do it. Cause like, it's like how many, they have polling data. How many voters are there? I saw uh, Will Summer, uh, we're going to use some of his work later as a reporter for the Daily Beast, had a book come out about QAnon recently, and he did a podcast interview about it. And I asked him to guess how many Americans believe in this shit. And he said, at least 10 million. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> 10 million is a high number, but what, what are we up to now? What are we, around 400 million people in the country or something like that? 330, 350? I think. 330, okay. Yeah. Um, well, give it time, Mark. All right. Uh, let's Speaking of QAnon, let's get into the hot new conspiracy theories out there. I found this one to be pretty wild. So I didn't know. I had not heard of this. I don't think it's called. There's a thing in city planning, urban planning called a 50. I did a 15-minute city, and it pretty much just boils down to planning and, and developing the city or neighborhood in such a way that the people who live there have access to everything a person needs within a 15 minute walk from where they live. So school, yeah. doctor, grocery store, 
uh, recreation and amenities and stuff all within a 15 minute walk. That's the whole thing. That's the whole plan. Mm -hmm. Cause I, and it's to cut down on pollution because, you know, then people don't have to drive everywhere, less cars on the road, all that type of thing. But also it's just like, that sounds pretty rad to me. Like as somebody lives in the fucking hell of urban sprawl, that is the Los Angeles area, you know, like, um, being able yeah. to just take a 15 minute walk to get everything you need and never having to leave your neighborhood sounds pretty sweet, but apparently, uh, not everybody agrees. I I live in a pretty fairly walkable neighborhood. It's not perfect, but uh, with within uh, a you know ten minute walk, I have uh, uh, the bus that takes me to my gym. I got my um, uh, I got a, two bars, two restaurants, and a grocery store. Like a fit, like a seventeen minute walk. So I like it. I don't understand why anybody wouldn't be against it. Obviously, if you're disabled or something, it's going to be a different system. But that's why we need better public transit with accessibility and stuff. But the thing, the reaction to this is so fucking weird, but let's talk about what it actually, Trey established what it is. Let's talk about where it is. So basically, urbanists have been pushing for this for a long time for a lot of basic reasons, like better for the environment, like Trey said. It's also better for people's health to walk as opposed to driving, not just the like cardiovascular stuff because you burn calories, but your back, long commutes in a car cause back pain. All right. It's uh, if you, a shorter commute means more time with your family. It's like there's lots of stuff here that have nothing to do with the environment or anything else. It's just like good public accommodation. Um, and the, the, this idea has been spreading in Europe. Like uh, there's a huge pedestrian uh, city center in Spain in uh, Ponte Verda, Ponte Vedra, that it in Paris, and a lot of people seem to like it. The, the COVID sped a lot of this up because people, more people, working from home, and also cities had the space with less traffic on the roads to do these kind of improvements to try them to see if they work. And if you don't like it, we can go back to the other way. But I like a world where people can try new things and see if it hits better, right? <laughs> um, right. This, this idea spread to the UK where it's become like extremely contentious for insane reasons we're going to get into. Um, it's just about like, how do I put this? Um, one of the, there's two separate things to the UK thing. Um, they, they changed the way cities, streets flow and like something called modal filters or whatever. I don't, this is all fucking, it's, this shit should be nerdy. I, I like, I don't want to get into it too much, but they, uh, they also put up, they, they may restrict cars to go down certain streets. So like if you like a lot of, in LA here, you have a lot of parking reserved people with permits, right? So more like sort of like that, but with actual street access and they're going to use street, use cameras to take pictures of license plates to see who's allowed, whether the car is on the right street or not. And people took that idea combined with the separate idea, which is that walkable cities, and they think they're, they're setting up George Orwell's 1984 to right. imprison people in their neighborhoods. Yes. So we're right. finally arriving at like the conspiracy theory. Like, what is the problem with this? Well, they claim it's like, yeah, they're di we're being districted, right? They're they're going to imprison us in districts for which we are not free to leave, and un and during which time we're under 24 hour. Uh, uh, surveillance and there you go that's and that's they're just trying to control you and and keep you in your little hog pen in your lovely neighborhood with all the amenities and all this shit you know but you can't leave ever and the yeah. other is watching you is that's basically that's what they are worried about right that's yep. what they right that's that's part of it yeah it's by they think it's about social control which is like uh, I it, can we just try something new? Like, I, if, if I if I have to live in a city, I want to be able to walk where I want to go, right? If, if I have my druthers, I probably live in the woods, but I, I got to be in Los Angeles for work. But like, 
Why can't I? Why can't I walk to the bar? Why is it a globalist conspiracy if I'm like I'd rather walk to the bar instead of having to take an Uber home? Right. Yeah. Well, they said, you know, that one thing you have in here, they said, you know, they already had 15 minute cities in Poland during the Nazi occupation. And in 1941, the Nazis introduced the death penalty for going out. And that's them being like, yeah, you want that to happen here? But it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't get what the two things really have to do with each other. Do you know what I mean? Like if our fucking overlords want to decree that you're to be put to death, if you leave your house because of another pandemic or just a lockdown or just because they say so, what the fuck does it matter if the gym is a 10 minute walk away in your neighborhood now, you know, because Mm. they've switched some things up. Like if they want to fucking kill us all, they're just going to kill us all. Right. The evil government, like, Mm-hmm. Why are they wasting time on where the grocery store is in relation to your house? Like I don't, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you come I'm, to the middle man, and just kill us. Yeah, right. So yeah, the, I don't so see what you're going to be. It makes. This type of shit. So it appears to me like European countries historically have been able to try new things. They're, they have more nimble governments than we do for whatever reason. And like it feels like we've exported enough of our lunacy that maybe our exported lunacy could keep progress, stop progress in other countries, which I find infuriating. But also right. a couple cities here are trying this. And like, it's like there's been a version of it planned in Seattle and also the progressive hotspot of Utah. Now people like living in villages, right? So I imagine the Utah version, they say it's going to have affordable housing, but I imagine by the time it exists, it'll be like a gentrified version of this plan where it's super expensive to live in a place with nice amenities. People like living this way. A lot of them, you know, like right. people don't like spending a lot of time in cars, but I saw an internet argument well, people talking about this and it's like, and somebody was just like, it's just about being able to have your kid's school be like 15 minutes away. And they're like, well, what if I want to drive 45 minutes to my kid's school? And I don't know what to fucking say that lady. It's like, what, I know. Go drive. somebody else right. is like, what if I, what if I like my long commute? Well, you can still drive around. Just if you live 10 minutes keep, of work, drive yeah. around. <laughs> I don't know. What to it's literally there. just trying to make your life easier and give you op- better options and whatnot. And they're like, no, fuck that. Yeah. This is communism. Literally. I like Maybe. things to be shitty. That's how I prefer. You know why? Because I choose it to be that, even though they don't. They didn't choose any of that. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's just how their life is. And it's literally just like, you know, different, different, bad, same good to these yeah. people. Like, why you any, can't be changing stuff? And, that's tyranny. Anything new and different is socialism or communism. Right. That's exactly what right. they think. So yeah. this woman her name's Carla Campaigns. Uh, cool name, by the way, Carla. Uh, she's in Her- Herringy, North London. Uh, she moved there a few years ago in search of a community, she said, an area where I can make friends that would go to the park with me on a Saturday and where there are cafes nearby and everything is in walking distance. Sounds like fucking communism. So on February 12th, she posted a thread about the benefits of 15-minute neighborhoods. Uh, and somebody responded. She got a bunch of death threats for this. This is an anonymous lady who just lives in this neighborhood. That's not freedom. That's a socialist prison, said one reply to her. And then you're, you're Nazi when you already brought up. And the aggression, the messages left her shaken. How can I put my family at risk from someone for just saying that I'd like, we'd like to be able to walk to the local pub. And <laughs> then it turned this expert on online disinformation is like, there's no reason that an urban planning initiative should have anything to do with the idea that Bill Gates wants you to eat bugs. Right. And like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to live with these people, man. It's like, like it's like you go from zero to somebody's like, well, maybe it'd be cool if this neighborhood had a restaurant. They're like communists. It's like, ah, fuck. Um, so yeah, QAnon types are mad about walkable neighborhoods now. And this is a video from Edmonton where a district planner a district planner went out and talked to these protesters to try to explain to them that it's fine, actually. This is maddening. What's the point of a district? What's the point? I'll answer that question. Do you actually want an answer to that question? Sure. 
Okay, we have neighborhoods right now. The city right now is divided into about 400 neighborhoods. Has anyone, that has been that true for, I, I don't know, as long as Edmonton has existed. Has anyone tried to confine you to your neighborhood? No. no. But they never called it a district they in never section called it that, 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 that is true. So, so <laughs> during lockdown, neighborhoods yeah. exist, and all during COVID, I Wait. came and went. Okay, I was, I hope I'm not answering your question. I'm going to answer your question. You said, you said we were never confined. You wanted me to answer your question. Short stop, short stop, short stop. You said we were never confined to our neighborhood. But they certainly tried under COVID. And let's just pretend for a second we go along with the 15-minute city plan, and now we have these wonderful districts. How much easier would it be for them to literally lock us down into a little tiny 1.5 square kilometers? There's going to be a stipulation in this policy that says, look, we will never have barricades here. Uh, no, we didn't consider that because we didn't consider, we didn't consider that. that because that's the exact plan that we have considered. Because you got the mic. There, in fact, there's infinite things that the plans will not do. We're right. not going to neuter your chinchilla, for example. We're not <laughs> going to come and you we did, yeah, he's like, we didn't put everything we're not going to do into the plan, guys. Right. That's like, not how everything. plans generally work, right? We're like, these cover the things we are going to do. And right. you know, it doesn't, not not everything on earth we're not going to do. And if you see in there, we don't intend to do barricades or whatever. But yeah, just, uh, this guy's a fucking city planner or whatever. You know what I mean? They're just trying to like <laughs> add a little more efficiency and convenience to, you know, and his community, his point, and he's got to deal with this shit. It's got to feel, I don't know, it's got to drive you insane. Was like, we already have neighborhoods. It's like, yeah, like, all the thing different here is they're calling them districts, and maybe if they, maybe this rollout would work better if they called it, like, like a subdivision name, like Meadowing Heights or whatever, as opposed to District 14. But, like, just start, have a naming contest. Let kids name it like they name elementary schools. And so these psychos won't think of District 9 when they see the word district. Um, this is absolutely fucking infuriating. They, this, uh, one other publication, uh, tracked down the guy who came up with this idea. He's a naturalized, uh, uh Colombian who lives in Paris by the name of, uh, Car uh, Carlos Moreno. And the headline killed me. 15 minute city conspiracy theory is insane, says 15 minute city creator. So this guy... <laughs> So he's like, who would want to live within easy walking distance of shops, cafes, theaters, and swimming pools? Those that seem who claim that 50, Moreno's 15-minute city concept is a Stalinist climate lockdown plot to confine people to ghettos and thus easier for global cabals to control. Um, and this, like, I want to talk more about Moreno in a second, but th this piece included, you, you, I think we've talked about Jordan Peterson before. He's the Canadian former, like, philosophy professor who's become a right-wing influencer and he, he had to be yeah. hospitalized because he was an all meat and pills diet and almost died anyway yeah. so he posted a tweet they included here where he says that like he called it uh the 15 minute city's plan of perversion and said that idiot tyrannical bureaucrats would henceforth decide by fiat where you're allowed to drive that's just what fucking roads are <laughs> that's what roads are a bureaucrat yeah. has decided they, where you should drive. Where you're allowed to drive. Yeah, they do. Never really thought about roads that way, but you're right. They do kind of just dictate where you are and are not allowed to drive. I don't. I don't know why I said kind of. That's exactly what roads do. It's a one way a one way street sign is now tyranny. A, yeah. What about a stop sign? Do I have to yield? Is that government over? Like it's like these people are so fucking stupid. It'd be like, well, I'm not. I'm not going where that guy says for me to drive. And like, well, that's where we put the bridge. Yeah. I mean, that guy, you're not telling me how to get across this river. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. 
oh my god, these people drive me absolutely insane. But um, one thing about Barreno, so he lives in France because he was a left wing guerrilla in a left wing guerrilla group in Colombia in the seventies, and so he fled as a, a as a political uh, you know uh, refugee. That's why he lives in France now. So his honest to god background, where later in life when he got his degree and stuff, he became. Uh, he was like a math mathematician, I think, and then transitioned into urban urban planning. So he's like, yeah, it's but his background is huge fodder for these fucking conspiracy mongers because he was a yeah. left wing radical in Colombia in the seventies, right. fighting an oppressive and tyrannical military dictatorship, right. and somehow now, fifty years later, <laughs> he's now a tool of the cabal. It's like, okay, fuck off and shit. Okay, now we can. All right. It's, it's, anyway, I don't, I don't want to, we, we can go to the con, you can look for comments and stuff. Okay. Um, I'm so exhausted by this shit. There was, there yeah. was another, there was another clip where they had, they put a little 12 year old girl up there in Oxford, England, where they're doing this. And she went in this whole thing about how, like, you know, oh, you're trying to force me to walk home and you say, oh, but there's cameras. So they're, they're there for your protection. So now I'm being surveilled 24 hours a day. You really think my privacy means nothing. I should be under, you know, watch at all times. And also, you know, this makes it, it's like the implication as you put it in here is like, it makes it easier for fucking pedophiles to kidnap kids or human traffic them or whatever by forcing them to be walking everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Or whatever is like yeah. part of the the pitch of it. She was definitely she was definitely walking up to that. But also the, her first point of video, which I don't want to show because it's too long and it just creeps me out watching a little kid be right or be right wing radical. But she's saying that like, well, she visits her friends in another district because it'll, it'll be a round road surrounding all the districts, right? Like a hub to get to different various entry points. That the environmental stuff might is bullshit because the a ten minute a parent's ten minute drive is turned to a thirty minute drive, and she doesn't want to walk it. I'm like. If you're if you're correct, I don't know the plan, but if you're right, that is a good point. Go to the planning meeting and raise it. Mm-hmm. That's your right as a citizen. Yeah, Do, you don't need to overthrow the government over that. But like the second point, yeah, she's talking about like she again, she's mixing up the traffic camera thing. And by the way, I don't like traffic cameras. I got a four hundred dollar ticket for running a red light last year. Abolish them. <laughs> but the but anyway, the the idea that that's like a direct line to 1984 and her being surveilled. Also, you're worried about seeing snatch off the street. You don't want cameras, but also CCTV cameras are everywhere. In right. England. I, I, right. I yeah. Right. Clarence Pinkney says, everything is a conspiracy. If you don't know how anything works. I, <laughs> my thing is they go for, they go for the most obvious shit that no, like vaccines are one of our oldest technologies. Like it's the simplest thing. Like, Urban planning is the simplest, most boring thing. There are real conspiracies. <laughs> they right. make real cons- they make conspiracy theories like me look bad because conspiracy theories, the, the true ones are on the front page of the fucking business section. Dottie Kelly says, good <laughs> God, don't ask our fat asses to walk. Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah, I, I can't really see this ever taking off in America for sure. We fucking got way too big of a hard on for our cars. S. Hogan says it's oddly comforting how much this kind of stuff drives smart Mark crazy too. <laughs> it's just like if we ever in confront, like we had a big problem with COVID and we could not confront it. Right. I mean, most people did their duty or did at least half ass their duty and got their vac- at least one dose of the vaccine and wore masks sometimes and stuff like that. But like, if we confront a real problem, how the fuck can you get people on the same page enough to like deal with it? Right. It's stupid. No, I know. Just, I mean, yeah, that's what COVID really like illustrated that exact thing. Like it just made you realize like, Oh wow. If we like, 
you know, if there's a much more serious version of this type of scenario in the future or whatever, or like the fucking, you know, that, um, Adam McKay movie, don't look up or whatever with the comet coming at us and everything was fucking perfect. I thought, because after COVID, how could you deny any of it? Like, there's no way we won't fuck it up. You won't be able to get enough people together to do the thing the right way in the first place. Like we just, I mean, we're hopeless <laughs> as a species overall because of I mean, just how fucking dumb and crazy I, such a large percentage of us apparently are. It's fucking, it's wild. I, I like that a lot of the UK towns and cities seem to be moving forward with this and the, the fever swamp people will fizzle out and they'll find a new thing to focus on. They'll just build their new cities or they, they design their towns or whatever. And that's probably the way you do this is because the, there's right. too many of these people, but there's not that many of them. The problem in our context is these are the people who go scream at city hall meetings and so they're overrepresented right. because yes. they think there's real public anger about that out there. And there just is right. everyone else is just it, at home watching TV. It's like being controversies about a comedy special or something when it's like two people tweeting about it on the internet and that's all it really was. You know what I mean? But that goes tweets yeah. get picked up and turned into a story and then the story gets spread around or whatever. And it's like, Oh, this is, the internet is outraged over this. It's like, mm. not really. There was two or three people. It's the same thing with this type of shit. And also it's like, we brought up before, like, you know, there was people outright, people thought it was tyrannical when they passed like seatbelt laws and stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? And started making those modifications to the vehicles. Now, like nobody ever bitches about seatbelts anymore. You know, like fucking. Did you see the one, did you see the one that went viral recently about drunk driving laws? Yeah, I did. Hang on. Just yes, I did. And that, yes. that hit for me. Lola Pudinsky says COVID illustrated that we are doomed. And I mean, yeah, I tend to agree. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, there's local news reports interviewing people about a new law against drug driving from like, I don't know, the 70s or 80s or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And this this guy was like, What's the world coming to when a man can't drink a beer on the way home from work? And it's like, All right. I mean, okay, one beer you're probably fine, just be discreet. But then the other, the other woman was like, It feels like we're becoming, she's smoking. Well, she's got a baby in the front seat, no yeah. car seat. It yeah. goes like, it feels like we're becoming a communist country. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Thank you, uh, Shep, on YouTube for reminding everybody to please hit the like button. Smash that like button, folks, as well as subscribing, sharing and rating and reviewing and all that good internet stuff. It uh, surely does help. Right. And that, yeah, I try to remind myself of that uh, with a lot of this stuff where it's like, I, you know, we do be like this stupid panicky animals or whatever. And this does happen it, like with, it's not a brand new phenomenon or anything. And generally you just kind of ignore it and push through and do the shit anyway. And uh, they give up and move on. They find a new car to chase or whatever eventually. And so, you know, I don't know. Ruby Laguna says, Mark, you really take on a shit ton of stress and frustration for our benefit, hoping you having some recreational relaxation available for later. Smoking emoji, leaf emoji. Talking about the wacky weed, I do believe, yeah. Mark. Here's my thing, is my problem, is I consume this stuff 24-7 anyway, so at least I have the show to scream he does. about it. That's, so. actually, that's actually the main, that's why I asked him if he wanted to do the show in the first place, because he would send us text messages and stuff about, or, you know, talking about all the shit he's reading and how insane it is or whatever. And I was like, well, let's just, uh, yeah, put that to use. So, I wanna, anyway. I want to say, like, because the, the problem, like, the, the Oxford thing, like, there was a mass protest about this fucking, I'm assuming people came from all over England to, to, to pump up their numbers. And that rally the little girl spoke at was, like, too heavily attended for me. But I still think these people's numbers are relatively small. But the rest of us have to show up to boring city council meetings so they know that we're cool with people trying boring new stuff instead of being screamed right. at about no new housing right. or whatever. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's also, like, a... 
confirmation by so, I don't know. It's one of those things. I don't think com, it's not confirmation. Selection bias. bias? See, I did it like just that selection bias, maybe. Yeah, but like if you're okay with a thing, you're not going to show up and just sit right. there placidly and be like, "Yeah, I think this is cool." You know, like you're not all those people just sit at home and the only people that show up are the ones who are trying to froth and rage and scream about it. All right. Thank you all for joining us. Go to TreyCrowder.com, Get the tickets. Get my special on Amazon, please. It's available now. Look that some bitch up. Also, you can support this show on Patreon, weeklyskews.com slash more. You get bonus episodes for it and express your love for us in the meantime, which we appreciate. Either way, thank you for being here on the main show. We'll keep doing it. If you keep watching them, appreciate you. See you in seven days. Love you. Bye. Pew.